What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the hardworking happy hour. I'm Sean. And I'm Catherine. And as always, we'll be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. That's what we're going to do this week. And this week, we have a highly anticipated episode. We've gotten a lot of questions about this topic. When are we going to cover it? And that is design. Yeah. Probably our most requested topic. Yeah. Uh, The requests were probably in the thousands. So many. Tens of thousands, possibly. Yeah. (laughs) It was a lot. It was so many requests for this topic. So we figured, why not? Let's do a whole episode on design. We're going to get into design philosophy. We're going to get into uh, design tactics. We're going to get into just a whole bunch of stuff. Should we yeah. give? Should we have a quick, quick little uh, rundown of what, what we're going to do? We're going to. Should we? Sure. I already. I yeah, I think you let just, it out. Of yeah, the bag, I think you so. just did, kind of. Yeah. Well, we're going to figure out <laughs> how do you get uh, your client to let you know what they want. They yeah. kind of know what they want. They don't know how to design it so that they can get all of these things that they want. So. I've developed a lot of questions that I ask people to kind of pull that information out of them so I can really get to the root of what they're looking for, and then I can incorporate that into a design. Yeah. Then we're going to get into uh, flow and balance, important in life and in design. Yep. We're also going to get into levels and textures, and then we're going to get into putting your own signature stamp on your design, developing your own style. And uh, setting yourself apart from everybody else. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah. It's going to be very exciting. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. because <laughs> We're just about to get into it. And uh, this week, what, uh, what do we got here? We got a couple of Coronas. A couple Corona extras. Yep. Because this episode is going to be extra good. And it's it's not Friday. Should we level with people? We should be honest. It's not Friday today. It's Sunday when we're recording today. This. <laughs> um, that's why we're not in work clothes. It is Sunday. Uh, is that also why we're drinking Coronas? Because it's Sunday? No, because coronavirus. That's why we couldn't do it on oh. Friday. <laughs> Catherine was exposed to the to the coronavirus and had to miss yeah. work for quite a few days. Couldn't do it Friday, but we're we're in the clear. We're in the clear. We're, we're out of good. that window. Yep. We're in the clear, so we're doing it Sunday, <laughs> so uh, that's adapt, why we got Coronas. Overcome. What is it? Something adapt, overcome. Adapt or die. Adapt or die. Yeah. That's, well, that, of course, that's what you usually say. And There's, you didn't die, so I didn't. we have adapted. <laughs> I'm still here. And we're doing it on Sunday, so uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll probably be a little bit more energetic because it's not after a long yeah, work day. Yeah, that's true. So. <sighs> We've got no reason to yeah. not be. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Let's get into it. Just saw a bee. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we got all kinds of bugs in here. <laughs> this fan's like getting infested with wildlife. It's crazy. Uh, all right. So. Should maybe, we? Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say maybe we should start with. Um, These how, questions. Yeah. Like how, what? Like yeah. how. How does it I start? I feel like, yeah, a lot of people, they know they want a backyard makeover or, or this could go for interior too. Any yeah. kind of like aesthetically pleasing space. They know it. They they know they want something. Yeah. Maybe they've made a Pinterest board of what they want. Yeah. They probably have lofty goals of what they think they can achieve for yep. a certain budget. Always. So. How do you get you, to the root of that? Yeah. How do you get to the root of that? That is something that I've been, I guess, kind of developing and adapting over the last five or six years to really try to get to the root of what they're looking for because. They see pictures online, you know, they, and a lot of times they're looking at those pictures from like an aesthetic point of view. Yeah. So a lot of the like pictures that they'll show you, that's like a representation of the aesthetic that they want, but they're not really thinking about the functionality of it and how the space needs to be laid out to perform, you know, for them, for them and their family and their friends, whatever their, whatever their goals are with the space. So Mm-hmm. I've kind of developed different ways to kind of figure out what it is that that they actually want so that we can design around that. And I think the most important thing to start with is always the functionality of it. So yes. a couple things that uh, basically on our first consultation call with a client, um, I'll just kind of let them talk. I usually say just 
kind of spew out any ideas that you have. Um, I'll chime in with some questions here and there. And then I'll get into my questions and just a couple of them. I'll start with, and maybe we should pretend like I'm asking, like you're the client. I'm the client? You're the client, yeah. Okay. All right, so uh, Catherine, um, how many people are in your household? Two. Two, okay. Um, do, you, do you do a lot of entertaining? Oh, we love to entertain. Love to entertain, Constantly okay. Constantly entertaining, yes. All right, let's see. Um, all right, say it's it's a just a regular Friday night and you're going to invite some friends over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just kind of your core group. How many people would you say would normally show up? Ooh, uh, maybe like 10, 10, like 12. 10 to 12, okay. Yeah. Um, now, when you're inviting these people over on a Friday, is it more laid back? Are you preparing dinner for people? Uh, are people going to be sitting down together or is it or is it just kind of relaxed and you're chilling, having some drinks? What's kind of the vibe on, oh, on man. that? It's always relaxed. Yep. The uh, Usually the men go to one corner, the women go to the other corner. Oh, so eighth there's grade like, dance style. Okay. Exactly. So we need um, multiple spaces. Okay. Yeah, I think we is can. what I was thinking. Yeah, I think we can we can achieve that with, with your design. Okay. Let me get into a couple more questions so I really understand your needs here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, do you have any, you know, yearly parties that you do every year that, that you might every year have a Labor Day party that you have 50, 60 people? Do you have anything like that that you do? Oh, yeah. On the 4th of July? Big blowout. Really? How so many, many people. How many people usually? Oh, 70 plus. Se- oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds really fun. It's great. You want to come? Yeah, hopefully uh, <laughs> we end up getting this job and we do this job and we become great friends and I'll get invited to that. Yeah. So, um, okay. So that's good to know because we definitely want to be able to, we don't want to design the whole thing around this 70 people party that happens once a year, but we don't want the design to like limit you when you do want to have that party. So that's right. definitely good to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's just a, a random weeknight, uh, say you're, you're going out into the backyard. Um, you know, what's, what's the vibe? Do you, do you think you'll eat dinner out there a lot? Do you think, uh, you know, if you do eat dinner out there, do you think you would want to sit down at a formal dining table or just kind of have some more relaxation? Oh, great question. Um, we do love to eat dinner outside. Okay. Casual vibe though. Okay. Not like um sitting at a bar kind of casual vibe, but but laid back. Not Just nothing some, formal. Okay, comfortable chairs. Comfortable, maybe yeah. maybe Put the plate on a coffee table and just chill out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We love a fire pit. Okay. Lots of. All right. Hold on. I didn't oh, got into that sorry, yet. Sorry. This is my that was eating specific. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was that was the time for eating questions. <laughs> sorry. I don't think this is gonna work out. <laughs> You're not our ideal client. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's good to know. Um. What about? Do you want a vibe that is going to be more restful, peaceful, relaxing? Or do you think you might want to have a TV out there to watch some sports games? You know, maybe have some drinks, maybe have some bar stools where you can kind of hang out, watch a game, have a, you know, set out some food. What do you think about that? Do you want something more like peaceful and serene or more just straight chilling, got the TV on, maybe watch a movie? What, What are your thoughts on that? That's a great question, and I want to say both because I love, like, a zen meditation spot for myself. Okay. But my husband, big sports guy, he would love a TV out there to watch sports. Okay. Well, good for you. I think we can incorporate both for (gasps) sure. You think so? Oh, absolutely. That's not a problem at all. It's going to come down to budget in the end. Just want to throw that out there. Right. But, uh, yeah, so... All right, I think we can break from this uh, <laughs> role-playing thing. And you can see we're trying to get to the root of what they're looking for. Yeah. You want to like really understand how they're going to use the space. And what I like to think about is, you know, usually it's it's 80% of the functionality should be geared towards everyday use. Just the immediate household that lives there, they're going to be using it the most. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, I'm going to change that up. Maybe 70% geared towards that 20% or 25% geared towards just like the, the casual Friday night where you do have, you know, maybe your core group of friends over and you're hanging out. You want to gear it towards that as well. And then you want to just make sure that the design doesn't inhibit that last 5%, which is like that big blowout party that you might have once a year. Right. So So you're not designing for that. You're just making sure that it's, that it's not inhibitive of that because, a lot of times, um, a lot of times people 
like I'll see people design these huge open spaces that are like really designed around a 70 person party yeah. because they might have one once a year. But what about 95% of the other time when you're just, it's maybe 10 or 15 people max, you feel like you're just in this huge open space. There's no defined areas. Right. It's just like a huge open dance floor or something. So, um, and a lot of times when you do have those big parties, uh, now tell me, Catherine, when you have these, uh, 4th of July, was it? Yeah, Fourth when you, of July. Are you are you doing like a tent rental? Like what are, what are you doing? You getting tables and chairs? Oh yeah, it's oh, like okay. a, it's like an open house. So we do um okay a couple of tables, couple of chairs here and there. Okay, not a formal seating situation. Gotcha. Okay, um, you get it catered. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds this party sounding better and better. Uh, so a lot of times those huge parties they're gonna be you know, uh, a thing where you're going to bring in some tents, you're going to bring in um, tables and chairs to set up a buffet or something like that. So a lot of times that's going to happen, not on the deck space or the patio space. And all of these references that I'm throwing out are obviously geared towards the backyard because that's what I designed for. But the same thing applies for interior space, a kitchen, a living room, you know, all of these things are adaptable. So it's really just the mentality that you need to be in to get to the root of that functionality. So, um, so that's really important to know what you're designing around and really get to get to the root of it. Yeah. What do you think? I'm really, you, I'm really hopeful that you'll take on my project. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. We're pretty, <laughs> we're pretty booked out, honestly. Um, that's true. So that's the initial that's the initial part of the process is figuring out what they need. And then you can start designing around that. Yeah. Another couple questions, like once we get, get kind of the spatial requirements of what they're going to be looking for, we'll ask a couple more questions like, you know, would you prefer a space that's going to be covered? You know, do you want to step out of your house onto a covered porch so that you can be out there in the rain? And as you're throwing those things out, that's when you can start guiding the budget conversation. Yeah. You can, I was just going to ask, how does that play a role in this? Because I'm sure people come in with the idea of they're going to get all of these things, all these fancy yeah. things. They want patio misters and a yeah. water feature and like all sorts of crazy stuff. But then... Then their dreams get crushed <laughs> yeah, with people, the budget. <laughs> people yeah. don't know how, how much things actually cost, generally speaking. Yeah. And that is also a super important part of the design process because... When I first started, I wouldn't really get to to a budget number with the client before I came up with the design. And 90% of the time, it was like way over their budget. And it was just like, okay, that was a huge waste of time. Yeah. Um, the other thing I see a lot of people say is that they want to get a budget out of the client. And they're like almost expecting the client to have a number in their head, which sometimes they do. But in my experience, most of the time, they they honestly have no clue what it's going to cost. Yeah. They just don't have any idea. And it's not like they're trying to be secretive about their budget so that they can, you know, get a cheaper price because that's not really how it works anyway. <laughs> so I feel like it's as the design professional and as the contractor, it's your job to guide them into what these things kind of cost. So as we get into this conversation first around, it's really on size first. So depending mm -hmm. on how how many people they have in their household, how they're looking to use it, if they're looking to accommodate 15 or 20 people every weekend, you know, that's going to dictate the general footprint of the space. And then the next thing on top of that that's going to dictate budget a lot is the features that you have. So if you do a covered portion, that's going to be a, a big hit to the budget. A lot of people want an outdoor fireplace. They want um, all of these things that, are going to add to the budget. So once we get mm -hmm. kind of a, a general idea of what they're looking for, then you can start guiding them and you can say, okay, if you're looking for a covered space, it's going to be, you know, I'm thinking roughly 500 square feet for what you're looking for minimum. Uh, you're looking at say 60 to $70,000. And that at least puts them in like a, a bubble of just something to kind of work with. Yeah. Because they, they, they have no idea. And you don't need to throw out like a concrete number, but you need to get them in the right kind of ballpark yeah. to figure out if it's 
anywhere even close or it's not. And then once you get to that and they're like, okay, yeah, I was, I was thinking it was going to be somewhere around there. Then I tell them we can go two ways about this. We can either, I can design everything that you're looking for and then just give you the price. And, and if necessary, we can work back from there and take things out. Or, you know, you have a range of what this could cost. The details and the features are going to, you know, sway it one way or the other. Do you want to put a cap on this? And that's what I'll design up to. And again, we can still work backwards or we can add stuff onto that later if you want. But um, that's the best way that I've found. You need to get them in like a range. Yeah. Just give them an idea of what it's going to cost in a ballpark so that, you know, just so you're not wasting both people's time. Yeah. So I have a bit of a tangent question off of that. I know okay. a lot of people when it comes to working with a budget and designing a space with a budget, um, you can say like, okay, that's, you know, I'm thinking you want this covered space. That'll be roughly 60 to 70. Yeah. And other people are like, no, I'm only going to do a really detailed budget because I know those people are going to hold me to that number. What's your philosophy on that? Debate? Well, I think it, you need to, so the next phase of, of our process is they need to pay for a design and that's when we mm -hmm. get into the design process. So we need to figure out a rough budget for their project. And we're going to, it kind of leads into that second question that I just talked about, which is, okay, that's kind of a range. Now you've thrown out a ton of features that you want. You want a fire pit area. You want a uh, fireplace, a TV wall. You want a roof. I can design all of these things exactly how I think you would like it the best and get the most functionality of it and just give you a price. Or you can tell me what your top end budget is and I'll design up to it. And you just have to lay that out for them that this is not a concrete number. You know, a lot of things can sway it because when I say 60 to 70, I can design something for 60 to 70 and we're not going into specifics. So I think when you get into trouble is when people come to you with almost a design like okay i want to uh this area to be 16 by 20 and then i want 16 by 16 off of this this is going to have a roof over it what do you think ballpark price that's difficult because you know they kind of have the design in their head already they're telling you what the design is so right we don't work like that anybody that has those kind of like those thoughts of like i know exactly what i want eh no offense you're not a designer I don't want to build something that's like not going to function best and you're not going to save any money. Like I could take whatever that's going to cost and I could design it way better, way more functionality of it. And um, so I think that's when you get into trouble when they have a very specific thing that they want and they want you to throw out a ballpark number. Right. If that's the case, then you're really not designing that project anyway. I wouldn't give them a number either. I'd say, all right, let me, let me take a look at it and you know, at least go to your truck, sit down for 20 minutes. And cause when you sit there and throw out a number, like right off the bat, you're probably going to get yourself into trouble. Yeah. So, we got bees in, the <laughs> <laughs> we got bees in the van. Oh, That's God. a yellow jacket. I don't like those. No. Okay. I'm just going to continue to ignore that. Yeah. Um, all right. So should we get into flow now? I think that we should. That the next, the next, I think, yeah, that's the next step? tenant of, design philosophy here at premier outdoor living um so flow what, what else was attached to that flow and balance flow and balance yeah flow and balance the feng shui of the space yeah maybe and uh both of those things like i said very important for life and design yeah coincidence probably not <laughs> i don't know it's very deep uh so flow is is kind of kind of comes out of function. So mm -hmm. you want to essentially what I like to do is think about think about what you're designing not as one space but a series of different rooms that are all connected to each other. So you want to in that first beginning uh, part of the process, you're getting to the root of what they're looking for. You know, you ask questions like, do you do a lot of formal dining outside? Do you want to prioritize a space for a large dining table? And then if they say yes, okay, do you think you would want eight people to be able to sit at a dining table together? Do you want 10 people or is just a standard six person a rectangular dining table fine? So you get to the root of those things and then you can start designing these rooms. 
So even if they do prioritize um, more like relaxed chill space over dining, you're probably still going to want to incorporate a dining table somewhere. Mm -hmm. So that's when you get into laying out these rooms. And I like to try to find the flow and the balance of all of those things so that each one is its own separate distinct area. It has some sort of, you know, designation that this is the space where a dining table goes. This Mm -hmm. is the space where a couch and chairs go. Um, Have that, that delineation of space, but have it connected in a way that it, they all just flow into each other. Right. So that's something that um, on our projects, we like to do like really long sweeping stairs that, that cascade down. Um, You know, we, we very rarely do like a four foot staircase because it just feels like a, like a funnel, you know, it feels like a bottleneck there where we want it to just like flow naturally from space to space, but still create that, that designation that this is the space for this. And now you're going into this like chill area where we're going to, you know, hang out and watch TV. And then we're going to step down to the patio where we have fire pit. And this is where the chairs go. And when you start thinking about it like that, you start to design more effectively because you, I think the biggest thing with design is wasted space. You want to design each one of those outdoor rooms or indoor rooms to accommodate what it's supposed to, what its function is, Mm -hmm. but not so big that when you're sitting out there, you feel like, you know, you're just in this wide open space. So that's finding the balance. After you've found the flow, you got to find the balance. And, you know, that's a little bit of trial and error, just figuring out like what is an ideal size for say a six person dining table. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, you want like a, at very minimum, like a 12 by 12 space for that. Hmm. Ideally more like 12 by 16 would be great for it. But that's another really good thing about 3d design software. You can put a table and chairs into it and you can see, Oh, okay. Well it barely fits in here without hitting the edge of the deck. So we need to rethink this. So another tangent question, how did you seek out all of this knowledge and information? Like when you started designing decks, yeah, did you just decide you're going to put an emphasis on design and function and flow and form and all that kind of stuff? Or did you, was it trial and error? Because I know a lot of people just starting out, like they're like, okay, I can build a deck. Yeah. But now I want to take it to the next level. That is a great question. Um, and very, very related to what we're talking about. Not so much of a tangent. Okay. It was just <laughs> very, very excellent question. Oh, thank you. There. Uh, yeah, it was mostly trial and error. So I think when I first started, I was more focused on the aesthetic and the design and doing like cool things with patterns or like the shape of things. Um, and then, I don't know, I just kind of the more projects that we built, the more I got focused on functionality and really emphasize that. Mm-hmm. And that was just something that like I really wanted to get better at, at creating spaces that just functioned really well. And it also was a good way to like get the most out of every budget. If you really understand functionality and how much space you need for certain things, you can really maximize a person's budget. Because the biggest thing that's going to uh, jump the budget up is adding additional square footage. So if you're doing that unnecessarily, like if you have a 20 by 20 area for what really only needs to go there is a six person dining table, it's a huge amount of wasted budget and it's just kind of boring. So if you can create all these smaller areas that accommodate what's going to go there perfectly fine, you number one, save money on the budget. Number two, you create like a little bit more of like an intimate space and you can create more of those spaces so you have kind of a uh, like a modular layout where this leads into this area and it's not just, all right, well, here's a 30 by 40 area. Um, yeah, I guess I'm done. Put whatever, I guess whatever fits up there. I don't, you know, <laughs> maybe a chair goes over there. I don't know. All right, see ya. Like it needs to, I feel like so many people have that as such an afterthought. Like, yeah. okay, let's design the space and then once we're done, 
then look at furniture and see what see what the heck's going to fit up there. Yeah. You need to think of it, you know, starting at the furniture. What furniture is going to go there? Kind of design around that. And then you start to kind of know, like, uh, a sectional couch is going to be average between seven and eight feet in both directions. The largest ones that you'll see are maybe 12 by 12. But uh, I'd say a standard larger one would be like nine feet by nine feet. So you kind of know all of these possibilities Mm -hmm. before you go into it. So you can design around it. You get to know how big is a six person dining table? How big is the space that you need to accommodate it? Um, All of these things are just trial and error. And it most of all, it takes like a focus on it. Yeah. If you just keep building the projects and and you are done and you leave and you don't care how they set it up or how they're using it, you're not going to get better at it unless you really focus on it. And I think when you do focus on it, it not only functions better for them when they use it and they'll spread your name around and all their friends that go over and are hanging out there are going to want to use you. It also makes the design look better. So your pictures look cooler when you have this like really balanced space that you know isn't just so one-dimensional with a big flat open dance floor essentially and you have a couple chairs sitting on it and it just looks like a frozen tundra abyss that you go to die (laughs) yeah you definitely want to avoid that yeah (laughs) i think that's a good takeaway though for like people who are just starting to put a focus on design like really get to know the sizes of things so then you can just even in your mind because i feel like a lot of people when they're like, okay, I want a deck and I want it to be, you know, I, I've looked at my yard and I think I want it to be like a 16 by 12. Like that's what we can fit. Yeah. And I think that that's what people build off of. You'd like, that's what your quest is. So that's what you do. Yep. But if you really know the sizes of things and you can kind of explain it. Yeah. Because uh, something I've run into a lot is like people will have like a certain size in mind. Like, okay, I want to do, um, I was thinking like an upper level that's, uh, eight by 12 and then it steps down to like a 16 by 16 and a lot of times I'll, I'll kind of figure like there's certain sizes that it's like an eight by 12 there's very few things that'll fit up there like where you'll really maximize the space mm-hmm. eight feet coming away from the house is too small to fit any table and be able to walk all the way around it it could be like a good area for a grill but then it doesn't need to be 12 feet wide. So mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of guide people and say, okay, you could either like eight by 12 is just like a really big kind of landing that nothing's really going to fit on. So we should either make this space bigger, maybe 12 by 16, and then you can fit an outdoor kitchen. Maybe we could have some stools on one side and we could do, uh, you know, a couple like comfy chairs or something. Or we scale it back and we just do like a just treat it as a landing. And maybe it's a, if it's high off the ground, maybe it's, it's a way to kind of ease your way down to ground level. So take two steps out of the house onto a four by eight landing. Then you can have another set of stairs that cascades off of that. And it just kind of breaks it up. So it feels like it flows a little bit better, mm-hmm. still big enough to throw a grill up there, easy access to the house, all that kind of stuff. But you're, you're just not wasting space that could be used somewhere else. So little things like that really make a big difference. Yeah. Especially when there's like 10 or 15 little things like that that all go into the same design and it's really thought out well and planned well. Um, people are always surprised how much functionality you can squeeze into a small space when it's planned out correctly. Yeah. So. That's a great point. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate that. All right. So now... We focused focused on flow and balance. Next, we have texture and levels. Texture and levels. That's uh, well, it's an important one. Yeah. So, all right. Let's let's recap. We have we have figured out what the client really wants deep down in their in their subconscious that they didn't even they didn't even understand. Right. Uh, we have we have pulled that out of them like Sigmund Freud. And went deep into there. I, Got I what went they just yeah went deep into the primal part of their brain and realized (laughs) what exactly they are yearning for. Mm -hmm. We have that figured out. We have now figured out an ideal layout for them. We figured out where each room is going to go. We figured out the size of these spaces. We figured out all of that stuff. Now 
we go into another phase, which is we're going to start picking out materials. We're going to start figuring out the levels of things. So one thing I mentioned a couple minutes ago was if you have a door that's high off of the house, what we like to do is kind of ease that transition from door level to ground level. So if you have, say, three or four different spaces, you maybe have uh, an area for outdoor kitchen that's really close to the house so they can run in and out to the fridge. Then you step down, you have a uh, dining area off of that. And then one more level is your kind of chill out area. So that's a way if you have, say, 10 steps off the house, we can have a small tier right off the door that has your grill, maybe a couple stools. We can do three steps off of that that lead down to your dining area three steps off of that down to your chill area and then three more steps and you're down to ground level and you are chilling on the patio. And now you've like visually broken up the space, created some, some visual interest. And it also just kind of feels more natural. Everybody can, everybody knows that that house where you come out of the door, you take 10 steps immediately down to a flat patio and it just feels like there's this huge disconnect between indoor and outdoor. Yeah. And it gets used so much less. They always say, oh, we're, we're scared to have Aunt Nancy out here because we're scared she's going <laughs> to fall down the stairs. Yeah. So it's just like you want to like casually draw people out into the backyard. So it should just kind of flow naturally. Yeah. So... That's something to think about with levels. Then we go into textures. And that's something that I've always been really big on with decks and patios. I always think the more materials that you can bring into the design, the better. You're just going to have like this depth to the design mm -hmm. that's going to be visually appealing. It's going to, it's also going to help like delineate those different spaces. So you can have patio area which maybe has fire pit and an area for hanging chairs or something and that's that kind of has that vibe and then you have two other outdoor rooms that are on the deck which is dining and and uh grilling or something mm -hmm. it's just another way to break it up and i think just the more the more textures that you can bring into it the more it just has more depth to it yeah you know it feels like it's more thought out and yeah. it's it's just more inviting because if you have too much of one or the one or the other like if you have a huge concrete patio it's just like cold and uninviting yeah you know that's what i was gonna say it makes it look like higher end if you have a bunch of coordinating things in there that are yeah. all really thoughtfully put together rather than just one giant yeah open all space. of the same open space yeah absolutely for sure something to think about for yeah. sure for sure I hope everybody is anybody taking notes. <laughs> Are you taking notes out there? I need to know. Not if you're driving. Yeah. Pull over. But take some notes. Yeah. Or listen to it twice. Yeah. It's always good to listen to things twice. Really it let is. things sink in. Unrelated, uh I am listening to the uh the YouTube formula. Yeah. By Daryl Eves. You know, I I read the book. You're listening now to it. Now I'm listening to it, yeah. Oh. So nice. I was thinking that could be a good uh Maybe we'll do an episode on that on YouTube, a deep dive on YouTube. That's Let a good us know. Idea. Let yeah. us know on, uh, follow us on Instagram, hardworking happy hour. Send us a message. Let us know kind of what you want to hear. Does that yeah. sound cool? Let us know. It's a good idea. Yeah. Let us know in the DMs. Oh, yeah. Slide in them. <laughs> Not in a creepy way, though, uh, just in a straightforward, professional manner. Right. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> Um, okay, so back to design. Yeah. So now you've found out what these people wanted and you're working on your design. How do you make sure to keep it within your own signature? Signature look, yeah. Signature look. You don't want to just... I can, even from the pet, the stuff that you've done before I even worked here, Yeah. I can look at it and be like, that's that's premier. That's premier. And I feel like there's so many, now that we've gotten to know other builders in the area, I'm like, yeah. that's a... X, Y, and Z. I know who the, I know who did that. Yep. So how do you make sure that you keep a cohesive kind of yeah? Look. It, it's kind of it's kind of part of your brand. Yeah. It's kind of part of your brand. That's like always been um like a huge a huge like 
priority for me is to have just something about the design of our projects that, you know, hopefully people see it and they're like, that's a premier job. I can just tell because it has this, you know, cohesive style to it. And there's like, you know, even though the design might be a lot different from a previous one, it still has like this sort of similar look to it that ties everything together. So mm-hmm. that's kind of always been one of my goals. And it's it's so impressive, I think, when I look at other people's work and I can see that that is like, like Preston Hardscape Design. He's somebody that, that just comes to mind. Mm-hmm. I can, if I'm scrolling on Instagram, as soon as one of his pictures pop up, I just know that it's his before I see who posted it. Like it just has a very unique look to it. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're all using like the same materials. It's like kind of the same stuff. It's so it's really hard to do that. And I think some people like him in particular have really done such a good job with creating their own style. And that's, that's what we're trying to do as well. And hopefully we're getting there. But um, yeah. So how do you do that? How am I trying to do How that? How do you do that? Yeah. How do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I should say, first of all, is it something that you are doing and have been doing consciously? Because sometimes yes. you just create things and you're like, okay, that's just, I did it. So it's always going to look like my thing. Yeah. Or sometimes where you like, I need to really focus on that. I need to, I want to create my own calling card here with my projects. Yeah. Do I want to put an emphasis on that? Yeah. I think um, it's a little bit of both. I think as a, as a designer, like as a creative person, I think that's where my strength lies over, you know, necessarily the technical side of building and all that stuff. I think my inherent strong suit is the creativity in the design. So um, I think with that, you're always going to have like a little bit of something that's unique to to what you're doing if you're just naturally creative like that. Mm-hmm. But I was always very conscious of trying to trying to like essentially I look at it as like building on what we've done before. So we get some people that like on, on a bunch of projects, we've done different things with like X designs, like cross hatch patterns and stuff. And, you know, as we typically do, we get a lot of haters on, on different <laughs> stuff and people are like, why don't you do something else? Why don't you, why don't you change it up? And um, what I like to look at it is like, you know, we want to like take these elements and like, try to really like almost perfect them, like use them in a slightly different way and then build upon it. So, you know, our projects all from one year look a lot more similar than projects from five years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's like this very like slow progression of building upon different ideas and different elements and mixing them together to find, to like try our best to like perfect whatever we're doing. So it's, it's kind of like a slow evolution if you look at a project from five years ago and a project from today, it wouldn't be so, so much like, oh yeah, that's obviously both premier jobs. Mm -hmm. But if you follow along, it's like they progress slow enough, I guess. Like it's not such a radical change from job to job. It's more of like, they're all kind of like morphing into what's next for us design wise. So it always kind of has that, that sort of signature calling card. Yeah. And that's, I think, something that that should be everybody's goal as a designer and as somebody that's a business owner because it it's not only sets you apart as a designer, but it sets you apart as a business. And um, I think just just focusing on like little details, you know, you can pull inspiration from from a lot of different places and and kind of mix them together in your own unique way. But just try to try to kind of find like what speaks to you in the design, what things like when you're designing something, you look at it and you're like, wow, something about the way that all of this is connected just like makes me really happy. That's when I know like, okay, this is really good. I really like this. Like something about like the shapes, how they play into each other or the, you know, layout of something. It just like, just makes me like super, super pumped up and excited So try to harness that and then make sure you're sticking to like keeping them similar enough that you can develop your own brand. 
don't just go around like trying to appease everybody and do like a traditional Tuscan style patio on one job and then do a super modern one on the next one because you'll never get super good at any of those styles and you just won't have that unique calling card that people can see and just say, oh, that's Premier Outdoor Living or that's Rick's Landscape. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. Like if you do a bunch of everything, you're never going to get really good at one thing. You're just going to be like a, you'll just be mediocre. You're the guy who's mediocre at a lot of different styles. Yeah. You're not like really good at yeah. that one thing. Exactly. And I think some people look at it as business owners. Like I can't turn away jobs that are this style because I'm scared I'll lose work or whatever. But if you can offer something that really is unique, like our style, I think is unique enough that there's a lot of people that are like, I don't like that at all. I wouldn't pay for that. And that's fine. But the people that really do like it, you know, we're, we're unique in that way. And they're like, I really like this style. And I can't find anybody else that really does this exact style the way that they do it. And I just love it. So I'm going to hire them. If you can develop that, you're going to find your audience. You're going to find your clientele. And everything's going to be a lot easier because... They already like your style. That's why they called you. And you're not competing with everybody else because you've really developed this thing that is unique. Yeah. So, something to think about. Something to think about. Something to think about. All right. Do you have a favorite design now? I'm just curious. A favorite design? Or like, may- maybe not like a f- overall design, but like an element that you were like really proud of that you thought of. Um, well, that's a, such a good question. Um... A lot of times I feel like uh, whatever current job we're working on is my favorite design. Mm-hmm. Um, in one way or another, like there's usually something about it that gets me really excited. And that's also intentional. I My goal is to always have each job be, at least in one way or another, better than jobs previous. So, but something really that sticks out to me, let me think. Um I think I think the the job that we did um, back in 2020, we had a that crosshatch pattern that went from the deck down to the patio. Yeah. Um, as like a a six or eight foot wide like detail running from the deck to the patio, and then it broke off into the rest of the patio, which was like another thousand square feet at like uh, a one third uh, proportion of that. And the way that I think. I think it just like perfectly summarized like what my ideal style is. It's like this kind of, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like everything's symmetrical and it's just like this, it's almost like a math problem of how do we figure out this layout? And everything just worked out so perfectly that in the drone shot of like way overhead, there was a walkway that was maybe... 90 feet away from our deck inlay. But if you look at the lines, they still line up with the walkway. That's like, you'd really have to see the picture. The words Mm. aren't really doing it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was probably like the most, I don't know. It was probably like, it looked simple in a lot of ways, but it was the most complicated to execute. Yeah. Because it was just like a a lot of math. Yeah. A lot of math going on there. Yeah. So hmm. that makes sense. What's your favorite design element so far that we've done? Um, oh, good question. I I hate to be boring, but I feel like it's the same thing. I love when things like, like on the current project that we're doing, like you made sure that the cross hatching in both separate areas matched up, which like, it's kind of like, I could see why people would skip those kinds of details because when you're standing on the patio, like you're not really... It's not as much. It doesn't jump out. Right. You're like, you're casually not going to notice like, oh, this doesn't line up. But like when you really look at the whole project as a whole and like everything lines up so perfectly. Yeah. That is so, I don't know. It tickles your brain in like a really pleasant way. It's very satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think um, that's a really good point that, and I get that a lot, that people aren't really going to notice these things from the ground. Like when we take a, a crazy drone picture, like. Nobody's going to notice that the line in the walkway that's 90 feet over here around the corner of the house, they're not going to know that it lines up with the deck. So like that, 
essentially doesn't matter that much. But there are certain things that you can only see from a drone of how it all comes together. But when you're on the patio, you might not notice like, okay, this line continues there. But there is like a subconscious thing of like, and and that that's kind of always our goal with the design is like, this is really cool. I'm not sure exactly what detail is setting this off, but like something about it is just really appealing to me. Yeah. You know, we want like visually to to have it make a statement. And then also when you're hanging out there, just have it feel like super inviting. Yep. And it's a combination of all of these little tiny details that culminate in a finished product that, you know, it's not just this one thing that you're like, oh, this is awesome because that one thing. It's yeah. just like, oh, this is this is really nice. I love this. Yeah. I'm not sure what exactly it is about it, but just the whole thing is great. <laughs> Think flows so nice. Yeah. So something to think about. Mm-hmm. It's uh, kind of like what we talked about with habits. Yeah. It's an accumulation of it's these small things. Very true. Small changes. Big. What was the? Big impact. Uh, deep, sm- deep impact. Isn't sm- that a movie? <laughs> that's that's when yeah not like that uh small habits big changes something like that yeah something like that small changes big impact we're working on it we'll get there yeah um okay so now you've developed your signature style yep how do you make sure that you continue to challenge yourself instead of just falling in on making like the same yeah thing on everybody else's projects? um i think that really comes down to like we could we we could kind of like relax or I could relax as a designer and just be like okay like we've we've developed enough of a reputation like we could kind of just like rinse and repeat a lot of these designs yeah. and like you know clients would be happy and you know there were, there would really be no no problem with that but I think that comes down to a personal thing like I'm just obsessed with trying to get better as a designer like I look at some like there's just so many people out there that are doing absolutely insane things and I'm just like that is so cool yeah I want to do stuff like that I want to just challenge myself as much as I possibly can and that's something that like I don't know I don't know if you like you can teach that or it's just something that like I think you have to have if you're like really a designer and that's why you got into it because you love the creativity of it I think that just comes naturally to you that like I'm just like chasing that that feeling of like, oh my God, this that's so cool. Like this is getting me so excited. And you've probably seen it like when we're doing certain things and like it starts coming together, I'm like, I get like all giddy and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> like, oh, yep, this is so cool. Uh, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> like when we were cutting in the deck inlay at our current job, yeah, I was just like, that was just like a day. little, little school girl. <laughs> I was like so excited because... I don't know. It's just really cool. Yeah. It's, I love doing it. There's nothing like coming up with an idea, planning it out, putting all the hard work into it and then seeing it come together. Yeah. That, um, I don't know. I hope that never changes that we're, I'm always going to try to come up with better ideas and cooler designs just because, just because I want to. Yeah. And that'll eventually lead to us being able to charge a lot more money and, you know, develop developing even a better reputation like all that stuff will come along but even if it didn't i think i would still i'm just like obsessed with coming up with ideas yeah just always looking to get better that's just a mindset yeah that's like just looking how to get anyone better. is in life yeah yeah like i don't look at at what we're doing as like i think a lot of people get caught up like oh we're doing things that are so cool there's a lot of people that think what we're doing is like unbelievable but then you look at you look at people that are you know doing other stuff that's like, I can't believe that they're doing that. That's amazing. Yeah. And so I look at it as we're, I'm only trying to compare myself to myself and try to get a little bit better. And that you can always look and see a gain inspiration from people that are doing cooler stuff than you. Yeah. So I look at myself as, as kind of a beginner and, uh, you know, just always have that mentality. It's, yeah. Have you ever heard of beginner's mind? No. It's a... Is that another book that I should check uh, out? I don't know. It's in a book for sure. You're looking around for the bee. The, yeah, <laughs> I can hear yeah, it and yeah. I don't know where it is. So. I think he's in the wall now. I saw him go <laughs> through that window. Oh, there he is. He's right by the camera. Oh, That's okay. Take it easy there, anyway. buddy. 
Um, yeah, Beginner's Mind. It is a, uh, it's like a, I think maybe like a Chinese or Japanese philosophy. Um, I, I, I'm not totally sure. There's a book called The Art of Peace by Morihai Ueshiba. You familiar with him? No. Oh, well. <laughs> um, he's actually the founder of the martial art Aikido. And uh, I believe that that is something that he came up with, Beginner's Mind. And it's just a mentality that you should always approach things with the mind of a beginner with curiosity. I love that. It's a good way to go through life. Yeah, that is a great way to yeah. go through life. Oh, I love that. I was actually thinking, um, I was wanting to get a tattoo of that. There's a symbol for mm. beginner's mind. I was thinking about it. All right. Let's get work tattoos. All right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. So you, you. I feel like that just got really deep. Yeah. No, I like that. That's how I feel about design. I'm really <laughs> passionate about it. All right. Everybody lay off me. I love designing things. All yeah. right. Well, you brought up looking at other people's designs, which is yep. something that's always in people's faces now because of social media. You're always you know, seeking out what other people are doing and kind of checking out other things. Where yeah. do you draw the line between like drawing inspiration and plagiarism? And do you, do you seek out, like if you're like, okay, I'm in kind of a rut, do you seek out other people's designs just to kind of get inspired? Because I think um, people tag us and stuff all the time and they're like, got yeah. this from Premiere or whatever. And I think that's... I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, I think... I don't, I don't think that there necessarily is like a line between inspiration and like, I think I don't want to just like straight up copy somebody's idea because I don't know. I just want to like, that's not like creative to me. Right. That's, it's still really cool. And like people have, people have messaged me like, Hey, like, uh, do you mind if like we use this inlay on? And I'm like, I mean, first of all, like you don't have to ask me, like I don't own this, <laughs> but like, I think it's, it's nice that people do that. And I don't think that there's any issue with like trying to use somebody else's like an element from somebody's design, as long as like you give them credit and you're like, you know, all of that stuff. But I think I get inspiration more in just like a vague sense as like a, like a, a combination of just seeing all these different things. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't know. There's not really like somewhere that, that like I go. Usually if I'm in a rut, it's like I was in a rut with, um, I was working on design last week and I just yeah. like, I was, I was just like, couldn't get these last details to come together. And it just, it's just like, you have to kind of bury your head in it and just keep going. Um, yeah, I don't, that's, that's not how I get out of a rut. I think it's just how, it's just like a part of progressing in general is looking at other people's work and getting ideas. You can get like style ideas, you can get technique ideas, all these mm. different things. Uh, I think at least for me, it's more in like a, a vague subconscious way. Like I'm consuming all of this content and uh, media through Instagram or, or TikTok or whatever um, seeing all these pictures of different designs and, and projects. And it just is like kind of a overflow accumulation of that. And then it just, some of that kind of comes out into your designs, but, uh, yeah, you want to make sure you put your own spin on it or there's nothing wrong with like straight up taking somebody's idea and doing it in your project. As long as like, you know, maybe reach out to them and be like, Hey, I think this patio inlay you did is, is awesome do you care if I put this in one of my designs? And I think almost everybody, like people have asked me that. And I'm like, I would be honored, honestly. Like, I think that's super cool. Yeah. And, and then they'll usually tag you in it. And it's, that can be like a good way for somebody that doesn't do a lot of that custom stuff to just like wrap your head around how to incorporate it in a project. So it's like a good, it's a good first step for people to do, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it can be frustrating for people at first because like, you know, you, you are so good at the technical stuff. You can build anything, but not everyone has a designer's brain. So it's not like yeah. it's like, I would say design and like artistic stuff comes very naturally to you. So you can just like work through a block. But for some people like design, not like, I'm sure they can understand the flow of the space and yeah. all that kind of stuff, but like actual design when it comes to like mixing textures or 
like coming up with different inlays and that kind of stuff. Like that doesn't come naturally to everybody. Yeah. So I can see where like getting like drawing inspiration and maybe it's just like, okay, I took this thing that I liked and I took this other thing that I like and I combined them and that's what I'm building. Yeah. Like I, th- I think that that's kind of a good way for people to come up with their own thing. Cause it's, it can be hard for people yeah. who aren't designers. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I think that's like, that's a good way to go about it is like kind of looking at, certain elements and almost like combining them. Cause that is like a way to, you know, if you're not, I can never really like explain how the ideas come to me. It's just kind of more of like a, I don't know. It's like a, I start like developing like a picture in my head that just kind of slowly comes together. And it's kind of like an abstract way that ideas come to me, but Mm -hmm. other people, you know, they can kind of like, okay, they know that they want to do, a fire pit area here and then they'll look at a bunch of pictures and they'll you know take this idea from this person this idea from this person meld them together into their own little unique thing and boom there is their fire pit area so it's mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways to go about it you i think you kind of have to like figure out what works for you and more than anything like no matter how you go about the design process like mentally it's still just trial and error and the more you focus on it, the better you'll get. And over time you just, it just gets, it gets a little bit easier, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. Practice makes progress. That's for sure. Bingo. Bingo. Practice makes progress. Yeah. Somebody said, uh, I think I just yelled at my nephews the other day because I said, (laughs) practice makes what? And they said, perfect. And I said, no. Makes progress, not perfection. <laughs> That's never the goal. That is not. I was the maybe goal. a little harsh. <laughs> they're like six. They're probably, yeah, they're probably like, uh, what? That's how I learned it. Yeah. So it's just a saying I learned. But uh, I think that is that's a really good uh, thing for design. You know, it's never about perfection. Uh, as a designer, it's about progress. Yeah. I just always want to get a little bit better. Yeah. Just you know, stay challenging yourself. Stay challenging yourself. Don't get a big ego. Um, I can always find like at least 40 or 50 things on every project that I absolutely hate by the end of it. Yeah. That's another good point. Not, well, not that you should hate what you do, but like, yeah, after every project, go back to like mentally make a list of like, okay, yeah, this is what I would do differently about design. I would change these things and going forward, I'll lock that in my brain. Yep. Keep that in mind for the next project. Yeah. It's 40 to 50 was an exaggeration, but there's always like, there's always like a little bit of something that like, ah, this could have came together. And it's always something that like the client would never notice. Like mm-hmm. it's like a design element that like could just potentially be a little bit better. Um, if this tied into that thing over there in certain, you know, a certain way. So it's never like something obvious that somebody else is going to see, but it's just that mindset of slowly, you slowly compound these little details and that's what makes over time a really good designer creating really good designs yes yeah love that well thank you that was a good a good little snippet that was yeah <laughs> all right well we are at our happy hour do we you are? have any yeah oh my god do you have any uh final, final words thoughts? yeah um the only way you're going to really become good at this is if you if you love doing it. You got to yeah. do it for the love of it. Um, you can't be looking to squeeze the profit out of every design. You have to look at it, you know, take a step back and look at the bigger picture. That's what I always tell myself because I always put the design first. If there's like a really critical detail that I didn't think of in the design process... A lot of times we'll just throw it into the job when we're there because I'm like, this needs to be in here. I missed this in the design process. So I have to put this in and that's just kind of how I am. And that like slow accumulation of reputation and portfolio and all that stuff, it pays off big time. You can't look at it so much on that, you know, microscopic level. You're not going to get better. Because there's a lot of things that you miss and you need to you need to do the things to get better at design. So right. you design something and then you're on the project and you're like, this really needs this element to tie it together. You kind of got to put it in there. 
Yeah. Or else you're not going to get better. Yeah. You learn from it. You grow. You evolve. You adapt. You adapt. Or you die. Or you die. <laughs> well, um, I guess that's the happy hour. That's it. I'm glad that you didn't die of COVID. You didn't yep. even get COVID. Uh, we're back. We are. We'll be back next Friday. It'll yep. feel a lot more natural on a Friday. I know. My I Friday do feel was like completely we were, thrown yeah, off. Yeah, I, I didn't. Didn't have a good Friday. Yeah, Friday was just. Friday was not a great day. No, no. The and worst this, this thing. This feels a little bit weird, but I'm just, you know. Roll with it. You gotta yeah. adapt or die. Yeah, because I scheduled a haircut <laughs> Friday because I thought it was going to work out perfectly. Like, oh, I got to leave the job early anyway to do the podcast. I'll stop getting my haircut. It's only going to take like 30 minutes out of my day. Mm-hmm. But since we couldn't do the podcast Friday, I just had to leave work in the middle of the day to get my hair cut. <laughs> so I felt like a real jerk saying like, all right, guys, uh, I got to go. Um, got to get my hair cut. <laughs> yeah. Felt like a real power move. But uh, sorry, but sorry is, guys. Yeah, it is kind of a power move. Yeah. But, all right. You know, well, next week, back on track. Back on track. Everything's going to fall back into you gotta place. You got to get back on the horse, everybody. <laughs> all right. You know, and what does Kendall say? They can knock you down. But baby, they never knock you out. I think she just put that on a t-shirt and I was like, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> That's uh Peloton. If That's, you're not on yeah. Peloton, uh FitX candle. She's great. She is great. Did you have you ever done her metal classes? Tom told me the other oh, day. Oh yeah. Yeah. She loves metal. I didn't know that it, the difficulty was based on the music. The metal ones are the hardest. Oh really? Yeah. I did metal ones the last two days, and she's, like, insane in those. Yeah, she's got... It's, like, all cursing and, like, doing headbanging and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. She's a gem. She's awesome, There's nothing else to say. She's a gem. All right. Well, maybe we'll get her on the podcast as well, so... (laughs) But until next time, this has been the Hardworking Happy Hour. See you next week.